0: sexy i can be sexy you know what would be super duper sexy if you lost all the clothes huh i'm sick of sleeping with these insipid manhattan debutantes Ah! nothing shocks them anymore but you can relax i have a mission for you Why i plan to wait by annette hargrove paradigm of chastity and virtue introduce her to your world of sex drugs and what else do you do she's young supple she'll be my greatest victory you don't stand a chance care to make a wager on that if i win then that hot little car of yours mine and if i win i'll give you something you've been obsessing about ever since our parents got married happy hunting sebastian ciao do you think you could arrange a little get-together don't think this isn't gonna cost you God, you're beautiful. Boldly go where no man has gone before. People shouldn't experience the act of love until they are in love. Do you mind if I take my new car? All right? I can't win with you. It's not about winning, Sebastian. Can you stop? It's okay with the lock. She's really getting you, isn't she? I'm completely infatuated with her. We're destroying an innocent girl. You do realize that. <laughs> You're just a toy, Sebastian. Got it to go. Let me know when you do. I I thought we were just gonna be friends. Is she for real? Stop it. In the game of seduction, there is only one rule. Why can't we be together? Because I don't trust myself with you. Never fall in love. Are you in or are you out? you in. cool intentions. My advice is to sleep with as many people as possible. <laughs> <laughs> every time that I hear that song, I am the sun and the air, I am heaven and I need to be the every time when I hear that song, I think of charmed. It never fails like That song belongs to Charmed. I don't want to hear it. Well, can't do nothing about it, but um, I'm just saying that because I had no idea that song was on the trailer to Cruel Intentions, but cool, 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 interesting. But you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Catch These Vibes. This is episode two of my season four 90s theme series where I talk about movies from the 90s. Welcome, Cruel Intentions. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and get into it. So Cruel Intentions was released March 5th, 1999. So it's in one of those movies that um, almost barely made the mark. There are so many movies that came out in 1999 that I didn't even realize. But there's a long list of really class, really good classic movies that came out that year. And Cruel Intentions is one of them. So I love this movie. It's a classic. And it was a must that I talked about it. So let's get into the storyline. So the, the storyline is... Catherine and Sebastian, have. Well, how do you say this last name? It's like Catherine Mertel. I don't know, and Sebastian Valmont are seductive, manipulative step-siblings who get what they want when they want it. Catherine makes a bet with Sebastian. Sebastian must bed Annette, daughter of the headmaster at their school, before the end of summer break. Annette has stated that she will wait until marriage, um, until love and marriage to sleep with the man. If Catherine wins, she gets Sebastian's vintage 1959 Jaguar Roadster. If Sebastian wins, he gets Catherine, the only girl he knows he'll never have. Also, in play is Cecile. Cecile is a naive girl whose mother had enlisted Catherine to help her fit in at her new school. However, Catherine, with Sebastian's help, plans to ruin Cecile's reputation as revenge on Kat's ex-boyfriend, who left her for Cecile. Okay, so that's the storyline. So this uh stars Ryan Philippe. He plays Sebastian Valmont. Sarah Michelle Gellar, she plays Catherine. Reese Witherspoon is Annette, and Selma Blair plays Cecile. We also have um, Joshua Jackson and Sean Patrick Thomas. He plays Ronald, um, and Joshua plays Blaine. Um, so yeah, those are you know pretty much the main characters of the movie. And that is what it's about. So, this movie is—it's really—it's really interesting. I—I I feel like it's one of those movies that um, people love. Um, people definitely talk about this one when they talk about movies from the nineties. I'm trying to think about the first time that I saw it. I don't remember. I know it had to have been in the 90s for sure. I feel like I feel like I was really young. Um I was born in 91. So this came out in 1999, so that means I was I was 8. So it's possible I seen it around that time or maybe I seen it in the 2000s. Um either way, um I saw it at a at a young age, so I'm pretty sure I didn't really understand all that was going on. But I, I think I got the gist of what the movie was, you know. I knew it was something I probably shouldn't have been watching because it does have a lot of a lot of sexual like well, they they do have sex in a movie. Um, and it is rated R. So, um, but at the end of the day it is is a love story. Um, so I, I love romance and love stories. Those that's probably one, you know one of my favorite genre of movies. So this movie is directed by Roger, Roger Cumble. Um, he is someone who. Let's see. He's done so. He looks like he also directed Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds. The Sweetest Thing with Cameron Diaz. And After We Collided. Looks like that's the last movie he directed in 2020. Um, so he probably, I guess he would probably even say for him, you know, himself that he, he didn't have much experience. Because um, I, I think this was his first movie. Because I don't see any other movies. But yeah, if his first uh, movie... That he directed was cruel intentions. So, let's just talk about the cast really quickly. So, Sarah Michelle Geller and Ryan Philippe, they were both in "I Know What You Did Last Summer," which is another classic from the nineties, which I love. Um, I have. I don't know if I'm going to talk about that movie. Um, I might. I might do I Still Know What You Did Last Summer instead of I Know What You Did Last Summer. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, so they were in that movie together. And they were the first two people cast in this movie. Um, So that was uh, something that I learned as well, knowing that, you know, they were the first two people um, cast in the movie. They are... Um, known f- working, known for working together, and I know what you did last summer. So then they they did this movie. Um, they then cast um, Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon plays Annette. Annette Cosgrove, or is it Cosgrove? Hold up, because I think I'm saying it wrong. Yeah, no, Hargrove. I said Cosgrove. Annette Hargrove. So in real life, Ryan Philippe and Reese Witherspoon were dating at the time. I think he was 25 and she was about 23. Um, they had been together for over a year already. So they already had that real life chemistry, which is which is interesting to know. Um, I didn't know that they were dating while they filmed this movie. I mean, I know that they dated, they have two two children. Well, they're they're grown now. They're not kids, but they have two kids together. So I knew that, but I didn't know that they were dating while filming the movie. So that was interesting to find out. Um, I watched this this video of Reese Witherspoon. She was asked if she would ever let her children watch this movie, and she just said that they are like weird weirded out about watching any of her movies, anyways, to begin with. And I mean, especially this movie, they, their parents have sex in the movie. So it's like, oh, why, why would they really want to watch that? But I think that's interesting, um, just to see like how actors and actresses, um, kids like feel about their movies. And if they watch, um, I've, I feel like it really just depends on the person. It depends on the on the on the on the kid and if they are one of those where they're like they're just weirded out and they're like, oh no, I don't wanna see y'all. Um, regardless of the movie that it is, I don't wanna I don't really care to watch your movies, mom. You know what I mean? I feel like some kids are like that, but then there are kids that are interested and kinda wanna take after their parents, or, you know, walk in their footsteps, I guess, in a way, and, and be actors and actresses themselves, so it's just interesting to kind of, like, see how these celebrities, um, their children feel about their work, so I thought that was interesting, and by the way, Reese Witherspoon, her daughter looks just like her, like, they're literally, like, twins, um, so I think that's really sweet, cause she looks just like her. Like if she um, was to do like a biography film or some type of, I don't know why Reese Witherspoon would do that, but uh, I mean, well, why not? Shoot, why not? Like Reese Witherspoon is is really like one of them, one of them actresses that people um, people love her movies, people love her work. I mean. Legally Blonde is like one of those movies that people love to bring up. So, anywho, Reese Witherspoon and Ryan Philippe they were dating while filming this movie. So that's a fun fact. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar. So Sarah Michelle Gellar probably is one of my favorite characters in this movie. And even though, like, she, she plays, like, a really cold bitch, like, really well. And I just feel like her, she just has that standout performance in this movie because you, you just really hate her. Like, you just really do not like her. But, I mean, you might, I can understand if people are like, yeah, I like her. She, like, She was just like consistent throughout and true to how she felt. Whether that was, regardless of how evil it was, she just was true to that evil, cold, bitch attitude. So I feel like she had the standout performance in this movie. Um, But I mean, everyone did a wonderful job. Selma Blair she plays um the naive high schooler um she plays someone who is younger than everyone else so she's younger than Catherine, younger than Sebastian younger than Annette but in real in real life at the time she was a couple years older than them she was really 27 at the time when they filmed this movie um so I think she did a wonderful job playing her character. Character was like super super young acting and just naive and just like oh my gosh like she just did a really really great job at playing the playing her role. Um it's just very inexperienced and just really young-minded. So let's just get into some of the scenes of the movie so the movie starts out with Sebastian um at his third therapy session so it's not really clear why he's even in therapy I mean the dude definitely needs therapy because he he is fucked up he's he's definitely needs some work um so I guess one could just assume that's why he's—he just, you know, he just needs some work. He's just fucked up, for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe his parents. Um, and that's one of the things that the therapist says to him. She says, "Without great parenting, things can go awry." So basically, he's—he's he's at this therapy session, um, just expressing that he feels like he's a fool and he doesn't understand why he he has you know the relationship that he has with women and his relationships kind of like he's addicted to sex like like sex just really controls his relationships and that's pretty much what motivates him when he pursues um these women so it starts off with him in in that therapy session. Um, turns out that he has a re- relations with his therapist's daughter, so we find that out in this scene. the 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 daughter calls, um, calls her mother, and she calls as their session is ending. Sebastian, he he already walked out, and and so. The daughter is crying hysterically. The daughter is played by Tara Reed, by the way, so she's crying and she's talking about, "Oh, this guy I thought he loved me. He told me all these things. He, 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 um, he said that I had nice legs and he wanted to photograph them. So it turns out he took these new pictures of her and then he he sent out this book cover that he made. He made like this mark mark up." book cover and it said um what did it say it said um great parenting how to raise a slut so basically fucking with the doc fucking with the therapist getting back at her and he said the reason why he wanted to get back at her was because she was just billing him too much she even gifted him a book and then Gonna, and then she notated on her notepad, Bill him for the book. And it's just like, well, how are you gonna gift me this book and then bill me for it? So she, and it doesn't really look like she was the best therapist. Um, you know, throughout their session, she's kind of like, you could tell she's, you know, annoyed by him. She doesn't really take him seriously. Um, so it was just kind of like at a point where. Sebastian was fucking with her and he decided to get back at her by messing with her daughter. So she finds that out. She's um, irate about that, obviously. And yeah, so that sets the tone for the movie. Um, and just it just shows us, you know, what, what type of person Sebastian is. He's obviously um, conniving, manipulative, um, and yeah. So, so we are introduced to Annette, played by Reese Witherspoon, when Sebastian is telling Catherine how he... Feels like it's a challenge. Like he's just bored with these girls. They're just so easy. Like he's just used to getting any girl that he wants. So he sees this Annette girl as a challenge because she wrote this manifesto, which was in the 17 magazine. Cool thing about that magazine is that it was act the actual um, 17, it, 1997 issue. Um, of the 17 magazine that had Jennifer love Hewitt on the cover so that was cool to find out so in the spread is a spread it shows Annette which you know and Reese Witherspoon and and she just wrote this manifesto um, they say if you pause it you if you try to read it on the movie you'll see that it has nothing to do at all with what it's supposed to be about which is about her saving herself until marriage and and um how being in high school we're too young to really understand what love is we don't really know um you know you know having sex is something that should be sacred and things is in something that you should you know wait for which I I feel like it's very smart of her but I also am like girl what did you even what even made you want to write this like I I don't know, maybe she just wanted to send a message that it's okay to to be a virgin, it's okay to wait, it's okay to hold out and not rush into those things, which I can respect that message. So, cool. <laughs> um, but... Sebastian, he sees this as a challenge and he decides that, that, that he wants to take this challenge on and have sex with Annette. He's bored. He's, he's, you know, done all the girls that he could possibly do. And he's like, okay, I want to do this girl because she says that it's not going to happen. And I want to see if I can make it happen. So, at this point is where um, Sebastian and Catherine come up with a, a wager. So the wager is if he can make this happen, if he can sleep with Annette and win, then he gets to sleep with Catherine. If he doesn't sleep with Annette and he loses, then Annette or no, Catherine wins his his jag. So I'm, I mean, the bet, it's just a real dumb bet. I mean, but when you think about it, they are in high school. Um, But I just feel like, dude, you, you, what kind of bet is this? Like, you really are going to risk your car, or a real classic Jag, to have sex with Catherine, somebody who sleeps around she's a cokehead. i mean like this is somebody you really want to sleep with but i guess the whole thing was that she was somebody that you know he could never really have up up until that point up until this this opportunity to actually have her and she she kind of sold it to him by telling him you could you could put it whatever wherever you want you know and you know, dudes like her and stuff like that. So he fell for that and took her up on her offer and they just made this this stupid bet. And yeah, so that's what the movie's about, is this bet that he's not going to be able to have sex with Annette. And if he does, if he doesn't, who wins? Those are the prizes. Stupid prizes, but whatever. Um, They have, I don't, it's really odd. I mean, I feel like their relationship is weird. Like... So their parents obviously they're not together but they still live together. They they live in this house together. That house is really nice by the way. Um they stay together in this house. Their parents are no longer together and they just have this weird sexual tension between them. Um so I don't know. I just find that really weird, but whatever. They're not blood. They're not really related. So it's not like they doing incest, but it's just like on the verge of it, kind of. You know what I mean? Because it's just like y'all grew up together. Y'all parents were married at some point, and this is just really the the weird side to step siblings. You know what I mean? Um. And I kind of like it's kind of similar to Clueless. Um, Clueless, they were step, step siblings, um, Josh, and Cher, but you know they had an actual like sibling type relationship, like where they didn't really get along. They used to act like they you know didn't like each other, and you know that which is more relatable. This relationship that. Catherine and Sebastian got again. It's just odd, but I mean, again, they're not really related. So they develop this this sexual tension between them, and you could tell that she's always like, you know, just kind of teased him, like you can never have me type stuff, and yeah. So there's that. So Annette, she, um, again, played by Reese Witherspoon, she's vowed to not have sex until marriage. And Sebastian's like, you know, well, I am up for the challenge. So one of the things about this movie is just like, it's just a lot of things. It's just like, wow, that's convenient. So Annette is staying at his aunt's house. She's staying at Sebastian's aunt's house who he's able he's just able to go there whenever Uh, I mean it's it's his aunt so that's understandable but it's just like it's just really convenient that she's staying there which allows him the opportunity to be able to go and um, plant this seed to you know sleep with the net so I just think that's kind of like real convenient but whatever um so yeah, he she's Annette staying at his aunt's house. So sh- he decides to go, and again, you know, plant the seed and and try to mess with her and and see how um how quickly he'll be able to get her in bed. So he starts that mission. All the while, um. Catherine is trying to get back at Cecile because Cecile is young and dumb, but for some reason, Catherine's ex dumped her for Cecile, for whatever reason, which I also find kind of odd because it's just like, damn, she she's this inexperienced girl. I mean, maybe he just wanted somebody who was, you know, a little pure or maybe someone who could try to take advantage of, um, a little easier. I don't know. Who knows? Um, but one of the things about this, about Catherine that I do find relatable is that she, she, she's experienced the double standards when it comes to, the, what's acceptable with women and what's not acceptable and what's acceptable with men. It's like men are able to get away with more things and not get labeled as a whole or get labeled as a slut. And that's what she's experienced, just, you know, having to pretend that she's someone that she's not in order to, you know, continue to be popular and have this reputation. And... um just you know look good on paper basically so that's something that i do um just find really relatable about Catherine's character is just the fact that you know women have it so it's just way different for us what we're able to do or what is deemed acceptable um with us versus with men it's just there's just a lot of double standards and it's really not fair so she does she does speak to that a lot throughout this movie and you can see that it's something that just really bothers her because she's she can't really be herself she has to pretend to be this this prissy we're not really prissy but this um really sweet and nice spoken person when she's really not like she's the complete opposite and she just wants to be able to have sex without being judged about it or without being um deemed a slut because she wants to live freely you know she wants to have that sexual freedom just like Sebastian does but you know at the same time Sebastian does have a bad reputation he's known for doing things and being very manipulative with when it comes to women and the way that he deals with women, he does have a bad reputation. Um, And that's something that gets back to Annette, which makes her really leery about him. And so a lot of the times when they, Annette and Sebastian communicate, they're just, you know, going back and forth about how, um, you know, he's, just been known to be a manipulator and and say whatever he can to to get in a woman's draws basically. And I mean, it's the truth. It it's the truth. He's he's just somebody that says whatever just to get what he wants. And once once he gets what he wants, he's you know kicking you to the curb. So right off the bat, Annette was you know made aware of that, and come to find out, the person that told her about Sebastian was Cecile's mom. Cecile's mom is not a fan of, of Sebastian whatsoever. So that's what, that's what eventually gets, um, Sebastian to, um, help Catherine kind of like ruin Cecile. Um, because remember Cecile, um, No, Catherine is trying to get back at Cecile because she was dumped for Cecile by her ex-boyfriend. So instead of like going after the boyfriend or the ex-boyfriend, she decides to go after Cecile because it's the easier way to go about it. If she does something that is obvious, it it will come back to her and everybody will know and that will ruin her image. So basically, like, Catherine really cares about her image. She really cares about how people see her, how people view her as a person, and she really cares about her reputation and just being, you know, popular um, so that she can, you know, be that person who has this influence. Um, But on the other hand, you could tell that Sebastian is somebody who does not care about his reputation. He does whatever he wants and he doesn't care about who knows. So that's the difference between them. Um, that's the obvious difference that they, Sebastian doesn't care. Catherine cares. But I think Catherine really cares because she has to. So there is the infamous kiss in the park scene between Catherine and Cecile. So Catherine has took um taken um Cecile under her wing, and is you know trying to be like that big sis to Cecile, only to um fuck up her reputation. Basically, that's the only reason why she's even really wanting to do this. Why she's pretending. To really care about Cecile is just so that she can ruin her life. And it's just kinda like, girl, you doing all this because some dude dumped you, like, have some class, okay? But Catherine, she's not classy at all. She only puts up a front and acts like she's classy, but really she's not. Um, so this scene is pretty iconic. Cecile doesn't know again she's inexperienced so she's never kissed anyone and so Catherine's like oh you never you know practice on your girlfriends so this is um, a girl on girl kiss in the park this scene won at the MTV movie awards um the 2000 MTV movie awards for best kiss and I feel like it was well deserved. It was a really nice central kiss. Um, you know, so it's one of the the most one of the more memorable scenes of the movie. Um, so that was pretty cool to know that they, that they won the award for that scene. So during this scene, Cecile lets character know that her violin instructor, or actually it's a cello. She plays a cello. So her cello instructor who is played by um Sean Patrick Thomas he plays Ronald he she lets Cecile know that he writes her love letters and like a dumbass she tells Catherine where those letters can be found so this is another way for her to scheme and plot to ruin Cecile's life so the whole thing is getting these letters and showing them to her mom. So that's what she does. She she gets the letters and shows the letters to Cecile's mom. Cecile's mom is like, "Oh my goodness." She automatically, you know, makes Ronald the bad guy. So she so she fires him. And this is just another way for, for Catherine to ruin Cecile's life, um, because she's expressed to her that she likes him, and and he likes her, and so she's only trying to hurt Cecile. So one of the scenes that I, it's, it's just it's just funny. Um, Cecile's mom tells Ronald that she she got him off the streets basically and he's just like what i i live on 4th avenue or whatever i'm not familiar with manhattan but he's like what are you talking about like uh, you didn't get me off the streets like what the hell so that's that's the funny part um cuz it's like he's a he play he's a black man obviously Sean Patrick thomas is a black man and so cecile's mom fires him and you know Catherine, Catherine's plan is working. Basically, like everything that she has planned is working and going as planned, and so that's just another way for her to play with Kath or actually play with um, damn Cecile. <laughs> that's another way for her to play with Cecile and like get her um under her thumb like really get her wrapped around her fingers so that she's going to need her and depend on her and so that Catherine can really control the situation. So at this point, she Catherine wants Sebastian to work his magic on Cecile and help her have like a sexual awakening, basically. So their whole plan is hey, we know Ronald's been writing you these letters. So how about you write him some letters back? Um, so one of the things that I don't like is just how, like, I understand Cecile being the naive one and being easily manipulated. But the fact that Ronald was also easily manipulated by, by Catherine and also Sebastian, they, like, led him to believe that um Cecile was in love with him too which I mean she was she did have feelings for him um but he just really played into their hands um so he continues writing letters and they basically are like hey since you can't since you're not you know giving her cello lessons how about you write her the letter and we'll make sure she gets it and we'll you know kind of be the messenger for you guys and make sure that you guys are able to continue this love affair because we just want to see you guys, you know, we just want to, you know, see you guys flourish and just be in love or whatever. And it's just like, come on now, like you, you really think that these people just are here for Cecile and just here for y'all just to to be able to have this relationship like without any alter ulterior motives. Like, come on now. So I think that was really silly of him to just be able just be manipulated like that. Like I get I get Cecile, but him on the other hand is just like, come on now, you should know better. So so that happens. Um Cecile one of, so one of the things about the movie is Sebastian, he does take advantage of Cecile, which is something that's kind of like swept under the rug and something that Catherine uh, is able to use against Sebastian in the long run. And I think it was just all a part of her, her scheme. and And that's why it's just like she's like she has a standout performance for me because she really like put this whole plan together and really treated everyone like a puppet, like made everybody do what she wanted them to do. Even Sebastian being a manipulative manipulative person himself, he was still manipulated by Catherine and we gonna get into that um, and how I feel about, you know, what she did. Cause she, man, she was cold, man. Cold blooded. So Sebastian, he moves in on Cecile. He ends up getting her drunk and going down on her and um, you know, being her first sexual experience. And so she's grossed out by that because it's her first time and she's just like, but I'm not even in love with him. Like I didn't want to do that with him. You know, she's not really understanding what's going on. She's just, you know, young and being manipulated. So back to Sebastian and Annette. So Sebastian and Annette, it's it's honestly really silly because when you think about it, they... This happens over the course of a couple days. Like it's not weeks. It's not a month. It's like literally a couple of days, <laughs> and Sebastian, you know, he he manipulates the situation, um, but without really realizing that he's falling for a net. Uh, and I think it's because she's just somebody that he hasn't really met before somebody who he 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 hasn't encountered just the way that she carries herself and the way that she stands firm in her beliefs and but he does do some um some manipulating like he says certain things to her to make her just second guess her decision I mean he also um, blackmails somebody that she knows to get him to speak highly of him or put in a good word for him. And that also helps um Annette look at Sebastian in a different way. So so they do this um volunteering thing where they go to this old people home and they volunteer and help out. And so the scene that um is, is funny and is cute is on their way back. Um He's like, you know, making it seem like he really enjoyed it. And she's like, Come on, you you're gonna sit here and tell me that you really have fun with them old people. And he's like, No, I hated it. I feel I feel like a terrible person. And she just, you know, making him feel making him feel okay with, you know, feeling that way. It's like, of course you they didn't really have fun doing that, it's fine to admit that, you know, it's okay. Like, you don't have to be this perfect person or pretend to be somebody that you're not. Like, it's okay for you to just be honest about who you really are and how you really feel. And so at, in this scene, she starts making these funny faces and then ends up making him laugh. And then they start holding hands. So it's like they kind of reach new ground at this point And you know, you could say, you could kind of tell that they have like, they're like getting closer and he's kind of like letting her in at this point. But at the same time, he's like, wait a minute. Like she just made me laugh. Like she's, she's making me like be myself and I'm not used to this. And that's kind of like a scary thing for him. Um, So that's definitely one of the scenes that I, I love because it's just really cute. You know, she's just being her goofy self, being her real self, and she she ends up making him laugh and kind of put down those walls. You know, for a minute, he's not being the manipulative um, con man, trying to um, get something from her. He's just, you know, being himself, being a, a human and having a, a weak moment or a vulnerable moment where he's just saying like, yeah, I, I, I hated that. I hated doing that, and I kind of feel sucky for admitting it. Um, so at this point, he he tries to kiss Annette, and she pushes him off, and she's like, "I thought we were just going to be friends." And and then this part, he says, <laughs> he says, "It's not like you have a husband, unless you're married to Jesus." And it's just like he says these things to her. And she's like you know, I don't trust you. Like, I don't trust you at all. Like, I don't trust myself with you. I don't want to allow you to do the things that you've done to other women to me, like manipulate me and just tell me whatever you think that I should hear or whatever you feel like is the right thing to say just to get what you want from me. And so I don't trust you. And I feel like that, that honesty and that vulnerability really hit home for him. And he just was just like, dang, what is it about her that is just, that's making me fall for her? And she, and so he, you know, at this point, he says something like he can't take her games anymore and she makes him feel inadequate and I don't know like at this point if he's being honest I I, I kind of feel like at this point he is being truthful and he's being honest like she really she's making him feel inadequate and I feel like that was the honest moment for him. and so he starts telling her stuff like um, you're a hypocrite, you're turning your your back from you're turning away from love. So basically saying that I know you feel this connection. Because I feel this connection. I know you feel it. But you're not allowing yourself to feel it. So this is where um, I guess it really hits home for Annette. And so she gives in. And, and she decides that she is going to give herself to Sebastian. So this scene, this is that one of the turning points in the movie where it's like, Okay, this is what he's been working towards. He's been working towards getting her in bed, and she's finally giving in, but he can't do it. And I and the reason that he can't do it is because he he knows that he actually has feelings for her, and he and it scares him because he has never felt this way before. So um So at this point, it's like he kind of, like, rejects her. He rejects her advances after, you know, that's what he wanted this whole time. But he he didn't know how to act. He didn't know what to do. So that was an embarrassing moment for her, obviously, because it's like, you know, I'm doing something that I said I wasn't going to do. I'm going back on my word, and I'm following my heart, and my my heart, my mind, my body is telling me to just let go and just be and just, you know, lose control with you. And the fact that he wasn't able to do it, it was just like, well, what the fuck? Like, here I am laying on his bed giving myself to you and you're just like I'm sorry I can't do it and you walk out so now of course Annette's thinking well damn what did I do wrong is it me am I like like what is it so this then leads to my favorite scene um when Sebastian finds out that Annette went to the train station so I I really love the music. I love the the soundtrack and the way the the songs come on for different parts. Um Let me see. Let me get the name of the song. Oh, Colorblind. So the song Colorblind. I love that song. I love that they chose that song for this scene. So it, it shows we see Sebastian drive to the train station. And he meets her there. So she gets, Annette gets on the escalator and he's at the top of the escalator waiting for her. And the thing that um, stands out is he has on this this bright blue color. And that just symbolizes him and how he, he feels in that moment, that vulnerability because throughout the whole movie, Sebastian, he's just, he's, he wears like dark colors, like black and brown, you know, really dark colors. And then we see him in this really bright blue color and it's just like super noticeable. And as he gets to the top of the, as she gets to the top of the escalator, she says, I'm impressed. And then he says, well, I'm in love. and it's just it's just so beautiful and then the the song playing in the background so yeah they end up having sex and um basically telling each other they're in love and and they're now in a relationship and this happened within a course of a couple days and it's like when you think about it it's kind of silly like really because it's like, girl, you said you was going to wait till marriage. And you let this man hit after a couple days. But, I mean, I guess it be like that. You know what I mean? Like, when you meet somebody and the connection, the chemistry is undeniable. It just, it just be like that. Um. So, yeah. So, that happens. So, at this point, he obviously... Win the bet. I mean he did what he said he was going to do. He challenged himself to get a net in bed. And he did that. But. At the same time. He is falling in love. And. And this is the part that. Is like. Is where he fucked up. So. Catherine, she's noticing the changes in him. She's noticing that he's acting different. And so once she finds out that he does sleep with Annette, she's like, okay, well, I guess you want to make some arrangements. And, you know, she's trying to give him the draws at this point. But he rejects her. And he's just like, uh, nah because he's like at this point he's not interested in Catherine he's like all about Annette and he don't he don't want Catherine no more like and she can't take that like this like the look on her face when he says nah maybe some other time she did not like that at all because she is so used to being able to tease and toy and play with him and have him like pretty much wrapped around her finger that once he rejects her for Annette she knows that he he's in love with Annette and I feel like that really just pisses her off so once that happens um she goes in for the kill she decides to toy with Sebastian and play with his head and tells him like you know how this? How do you even think this is going to work? You're going to make her look like a sham because she said she made this, you know, big deal about waiting until marriage. She wrote this manifesto for the whole world to see, the whole student body. Her father's the, the, ha- the headmaster at the school. So what do you think is going to happen when people find out that she's with you out of all people? So Sebastian let that get to his head which I really which really sucks because because he let her get to his head and it just really ruined everything because everything it I mean it was it was going lovely like they were in love regardless of the short amount of time they obviously had these strong feelings her I mean for each other and Sebastian let Catherine get in his head and mess that all up and so she's just like you know people don't change overnight you're going to reach you're going to destroy Annette's reputation so him trying to be considerate and put Annette first he decides that he has to tell her everything and break up with her now I feel like if he wanted to be honest and tell her everything, then cool. Go ahead and do that. But the way that he went about it was just all wrong. So instead of, like, actually telling her what happened and how he felt at that point, he made it like, yeah, I don't even really like you. This was just... this. You were just a conquest and I... I'm good now that I got to sleep with you. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, dude, you didn't even really have to do that. All you had to do was be honest with her and just tell her what happened and how you feel and moving forward, you know, you have concerns about her reputation and you don't want to you don't want to mess things up for her. You don't want her to you know, look crazy because she went against everything that she said that she stood for. So he honestly, I just feel like he could have just told her that, you know, he could have just been honest with her. He didn't have to break up with her and make it seem like it was just a game because at the end of the day, at this point, it's no longer a game for you. Like you have these genuine feelings for this girl. So I just feel like he could have just said that. But of course, it's a movie. So things had to go the way that it went. So... He tells her and he you know, she's obviously emotional. And the thing that I learned is that in this scene when he breaks up with her, she slaps him. And that wasn't even in the script. <laughs> so that was cool to find out that, you know, they were so in the moment, you know, doing this scene that that um Reese, you know, slapped him and that wasn't something that was supposed to happen. So yeah, so he breaks up with her and um, that's what, you know, causes them to kind of like go down the drain at that point. And so I didn't mention it this whole time, but he has a journal and in this journal, he writes everything. And so he decides to give Annette this journal. So before this, though... He goes back to Catherine and tells her, you know, I broke up with her. Now, you know, I'm about to take you up on your offer. I win the bet. Let's get it on, basically. And so Catherine being the manipulative evil bitch that she is, she like, I don't fuck losers. You just let me manipulate you to break up the only good thing that you had going for yourself. The first person that you ever loved, you let me manipulate you to hurt her. You know what I mean? Which, which is true. Like she got in his head and he broke up with Annette because she got in his head. Like they could have definitely worked it out. Like I said, he could, could have just communicated her, communicated to Annette how he felt, but he was so like, he let, Catherine get in his head so badly that he didn't even think about any other option I mean I'm sure I'm sure he thought long and hard about what he should do but I don't know why he didn't think of he didn't think of a way to go about it that would allow him and Annette to still be together he thought the only thing he had to do or could do was break up with her And so, you know, this is where you really see how cold Catherine is and how manipulative and conniving she is and how evil she is. She's just like so cruel that she um, wanted to see Sebastian hurt. So, So that's what she does. She hurts him she sees that she's able to control and manipulate the situation and get him to do what she wants by playing with his mind and then, you know, making him feel bad about it, basically. um, So that scene, that's that's a really, like, tough scene because, again great performances by Sarah Michelle Geller and Ryan Philip Filippi His name is his name is Ryan Phillippe. Ryan Philip whatever Ryan of <laughs> um, very great uh, performances by both of them in this scene um the emotion is there it's just like man that's just crazy like she really manipulated the fuck out of him. And it's like, you feel bad for him because it's like, they're young. I mean, they're playing high schoolers, you know, like they both carry themselves like they're grown, but really they're, you know, they're, they're young. And so this is his first time, like, actually being in love. And she, didn't like seeing him in love with somebody other than her. Like, she wanted him to love her and her only. And so she was threatened by Annette and the fact that he didn't want her. Like, it's like, if he's in love with her, then he's not in love with me. So she she really ruined that, and he let her do it. He let her do exactly what she wanted to do. And she found it amusing and... She found it amusing to make him ashamed of being in love with Annette. So this leads to him giving Annette his journal. So he writes her a letter. He explains to her, you know, um how he feels and you know, here's my prized possession, my journal. Um, so to make matters worse, this part pisses me off. I I ain't gonna even lie. The ending of this movie pisses me off. So, to make matters worse, Catherine lies to Ronald. Ronald is the cello um, teacher. Um, Cecile's cello teacher who she falls in love with. She lies to him and tells him that Sebastian hit her. And so... And this is the part that makes me mad because it's like Ronald and Catherine were sleeping with each other. Like they had sex, even though he's supposed to be in love with Cecile. So Catherine tells Ronald that Sebastian took advantage of Cecile or he had sex with Cecile. And so Ronald was mad about that. And on top of that, she told him that he hit her. So he was mad about that as well. So he felt like he had to be, all, you know, be big macho man and confront Sebastian about it. So this part, I just feel like that's dumb. Like, I, ugh. how how did he let Captain manipulate him so badly that he went looking for him and decided that he wanted to play Captain Saberho? And you know, confront him about it. Now I understand the whole situation with him potentially putting his hands on Catherine, but even then, like, what is that? Ain't your business. Like, why you feel like you had to come to the rescue and um, defend her honor? Like, I, that part is just stupid to me, and I, I don't like at all. Um, but I get it. Like, you don't, you don't know, no. No real man wants to hear about another man putting his hands on some on a, a woman. Um, that part I understand. But the part about him being upset about him, Sebastian, you know, having sex with Cecile, is just, like, very hypocritical. Because you were sleeping with Catherine, so how are you going to be mad at that? Like, um, come on. But I guess you... If you look at it from the aspect of him taking advantage of Cecile, then it's like, yeah, this dude needs to be taught a lesson. So I can understand why he why he felt the need to um, uh, confront Sebastian about it. So this this is what leads to um, Sebastian and Ronald fighting. <sighs> Just, oh my gosh. This part to me is just, is just, I just hate it. Like, because I feel like it didn't have to happen. You know, those parts in movies and shows where it's like, that didn't have to happen. But I mean, that's what the writers wanted, obviously. So they end up getting in a confrontation and, um, fighting and they're literally right by the street, like right by traffic. So they're fighting, they're tussling. Um, Annette, this whole time, Annette she's following, um, following them or trying to catch up to them. And then she sees, um, she sees them fighting. Or no, I don't think she she sees him until, until she sees that they are fighting. So Annette, find, she's looking for him because she, she's, she's read the journal and she's, you know, at this point, I, seemingly forgiving him and, you know, wants to talk about it or whatever and make up. And then she she sees Sebastian and Ronald fighting. And so she's, you know, trying to break it up and ends up falling in the street and, There's a a cab coming that's about to hit the shit out of her. And so Sebastian, being Sebastian and in love with her, he pushes her out the way, doesn't get up quick enough, and the cab hits him. Runs him right the fuck over. And he eventually dies. (laughs) And I'm just like... This could have been prevented. Like, it did not have to end this way. Like, damn. Like, he couldn't just, like, get, you know, be in the hospital and, you know, be, you know, in a coma for two weeks or something. Like, did he really have to die? But that's what the writers wanted to happen. So, whatever. So, that part I really don't like, to be honest. That's probably, you know... What I dislike about the movie is him dying, but whatever. So, but the movie, it does make up for it at the end end. Um, but you could tell that, like, Catherine, she has, like, no remorse about the situation because it's like, you, you, you told this lie about him hitting you when he didn't hit you, and it's just like damn like you already you already ruined him in an next relationship and then you going to take it even further and and make up this lie and you're the reason why he is dead she has no remorse whatsoever like can you say bitch so the I- iconic ending though um Cecile is handing out copies of Sebastian's journal which I love for Cecile like I love that for her she hands Catherine one of the journals and in the journal it has all the tea and I honestly like I wish this was something that we could actually read I would love to read this journal um because it had all the tea in it and I just think it would be, you know, just something cool just to be able to actually read and see what was in there. Um, Cause it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. And, you know, I would love to just see what else, what other things were, what other things was, you know, Sebastian um, expressing in his journal, besides, you know, Catherine and, and how manipulative she is and how she, has this rosary with coke in it. So Cecile passes out the journals and everybody's reading it and everybody knows her secret now. And so this is when um, the Bittersweet Symphony is cued, which I love that song um, because it's like, I feel like Bittersweet Symphony is like one of those songs of the 90s, um, that I feel like people, I don't know for anyone, I don't know about anybody else, but for me, anytime I hear Bittersweet Symphony, I think of Cruel Intentions. I don't really, I'm, I know there's no other movies that probably have that, that song, but I, I really, I can't think of them. The the first movie that pops up in my in my head is Cruel Intentions. And there's this series that I watched recently called the 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 Downside of the 90s. And this song is the theme song to that series. So that just really speaks to how this this song, how iconic this song is. Um, and how it just kind of, like, represents the 90s wholeheartedly. So, so yeah, that's the ending. The ending, um, Annette, um, ends up with Sebastian's car. And she's driving off with it. And her hair is blowing in the wind as Bittersweet Symphony plays. And roll the credits. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's Cruel Intentions. Classic movie forever and for always. Um, I love it. Um, Again, I hate the ending. I hate the fact that he died because he really didn't have to. It was just really stupid and based off of Catherine just being a manipulative bitch and Ronald being manipulated by Catherine. I wish he was smarter and... He was a little hypocritical himself because it's just like, dude, you say you're with, you're in love with Cecile. I mean, I guess because you're not able to really be with her, you gotta get yours too. But how how you gonna sleep with the girl that was trying to set you up with the girl that you claim to be in love with? Like that just screams like manipulation. So sucks for him that he wasn't able to see into that it just really he just he just really looks looks dumb honestly but besides that the ending I love it it's iconic I just love how um you know now everyone knows who she is and and knows her secrets You know, and her reputation is ruined, which is something that she cared about so much. So it's like, you know, Sebastian, he didn't get to live. Well, bitch, guess what? You not about to be able to live um, the way you want to either. Because now everybody knows about you. And your your reputation ain't squeaky clean like you be trying to make it seem. Mm Mm-hmm. So I love, you know, Cecile and Annette kind of getting the upper hand at the end of the movie. And yeah, classic. Hope you enjoyed episode two of this 90s series that was Cruel Intentions. Please rate, review, and the podcast so far let us know let me know what you're thinking how you feeling how it's going you know tell me something so follow us on instagram at catch these vibes pod also on twitter catch underscore vibes pod and check out the website catch these vibes All right, the next episode will be on a movie that I love very much. And it's called Higher Learning, which was released in 1995. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode and you will be listening to the next one. Until next time, love, peace, and hair grease.